Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive, and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. All right, so welcome back to Bible Breakdown. This is Kat. This is T. The Bible is not helping me break abuse cycles. Um, to me, in most of the in my life where I'm coming up against abuse, the Bible's kind of holding those up as far as child abuse, spousal abuse, um, financial abuse. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is being recorded after Easter. And so, um, mm. you know, something... Physical, physical abuse. abuse. <laughs> well, something odd that was pointed out to me um, that was new that I hadn't really known about was that Easter is just uh, a celebration really from a pagan holiday and possibly even older than that of sex and fertility, um, which kind of contradicts a lot of the things that we've been talking about in the good book. And so... Um, Spring makes people horny. <laughs> apparently. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot going on here. I don't know where I was going with that, honestly, but, um, well, you were you oh, just wait, saying you yeah. learned something about, you know, your whole life. You've been told Easter is this high holy holiday, but it turns out the Catholics were just cheating off the pagans paper and was like, okay, pagans, we're in charge now. You can't have your little fertility festival anymore. You little horny motherfuckers. Like now you're going to worship our risen lord and we're going to keep the bunnies because bunnies yeah. are cute and they coincided it with you know the rebirth of christ um which fine fine but um yeah lord. i actually didn't participate in any easter because go ahead the celebrations i like the food so i go if there's a celebration with food i'll just go ahead and celebrate that it also is weird that like the only way God could forgive us was by torturing someone. That's once again, it's so physically violent. Um, and everybody's just like, I mean, yeah, we had to kill a guy, but there was no other way. Well, like, the Lord loved though? us so much that he, um, something his begotten only son gave up his begotten or whatever that verse is from, uh, I think it's Romans, but for, I think, no, I no, think it's no, no, no. 16, I was, I was looking at this so earlier. It's also Romans. For God, I know the Bible repeats itself a lot. We've established that. The one I was taught was by song was for so God for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whosoever should believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. They even put it on the Forever Twenty One bags. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's something we're used to hearing, but doesn't make a ton of sense also, logically it, it just didn't have to go down like that nobody no nope you could just forgive people i forgive people all the time and people forgive me without okay actually know, it was john four nine having a murder good try no john three sixteen. Oh what no john okay 316 maybe say? Right. what the hell is this at the bottom it was john it is a 16 but i don't know what's going on you're right you can't sing that song 50 million times and not remember it. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why they have 
this other number for something. I don't know. This was a screenshot of something. Because it's really easy to miss. It's super easy to misrepresent. For context of why I made that mistake, um, I was create. I was creating a Kanban board or Kanban. I think it's called Kanban board um, because I'm trying to be more organized. And so I was doing one for Bible breakdown, and I put John three sixteen as the background, just you know, to be. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't have a better word, but that, yeah, I literally just looked at this earlier. That's why, I, but in it underneath the, whatever screenshot I have, it has Romans five, eight, um, colon or semicolon one, John four, nine, but then it does have 16 for it in the corner. I don't fucking know. And you guys don't care. So we so, can move on. Yeah. There's a bunch of different John for one. There's John. And then there's like first John. There's like all this great Bible, Bible weird. But I think we what we can all take from this is Cat was right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> this is a long one. Do you want to Yeah, I have a lot to read um and then a lot to interpret. So um I will go ahead and jump right in. Um Judges 7 Gideon surprises and routs the Midianites. Then Jeroboam, this is Gideon, and all the troops that were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Harad, and the camp of Midian was north of them below, the hill of Moreth in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The troops with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand. Israel would only take the credit away from me, saying, My own hand has delivered me. Now therefore, proclaim this in the heart Carlita. Now therefore, proclaim this in the hearing of the troops. Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home. Thus Gideon sifted them out. 22,000 returned and 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, The troops are too many. Take them down to the water and I will sift them out for you there. When I say, This one shall go with you, he shall go with you. And when I say, This one shall go not go with you, he shall not go. He shall not go. So he brought the troops down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, All those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps you shall put to you shall put to one side and all those who kneel down to drink putting their hands to their mouths you shall put to the other side the number of those that lapped was 300 but all the rest of the troops knelt down to drink water then the lord said to gideon with the 300 that lapped i will deliver you and give the midianites into your hand let all the others go to their homes. So he took the jars of the troops from their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel back to their own tents, but retained the 300. The camp of Midian was below in the valley. The same night, the Lord, that same night, the Lord said to God, get, whoa, 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 sorry. That same night, the Lord said to him, get up, attack the camp, for I have given into your hand. But if you're feared to attack, go down to the camp but if you fear to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pra, and you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to attack the camp. Then he went down with his servant Pra to the outposts of the armed men that were in the camp, the Midianites and the Amalekites. And all the people of the east lay along the valley as thick as locusts, and their camels with their were without number countless as the sand on the seashore when Gideon arrived 
there was a man telling a dream to his comrade and he said i had a dream and in it a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell it turned upside down and the tent collapsed and his comrade answered there is no other there is no other than the sword of gideon son of joash a man of israel into his hand god has given midian and all the army when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped, and he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Get up, for the Lord has given the army of Midian into your hand. After he divided the three hundred men into three, after he divided the three hundred men into three companies and put trumpets into the hands of all of them and empty jars with torches inside the jars, he said to them, Look at me, and do the same when I come to the outskirts of the camp. Do as I do when I blow when I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpet around the whole camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch when they had just set the watch, when they had just set the watch and they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. So the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars, holding in their left hands the torches and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place all around the camp, and all men in camp ran. And all the men in the camp ran. They cried out and fled. When they blew the three hundred trumpets, the Lord set every uh, man's sword against his fellow and against all the army. And the army fled as far as Beth Shida toward. Zeroth, as far as the border of uh, Abel Mehola by Tabith. And the men of Israel were called out from Naphtali and from Asher and from all Manasseh. And they pursued after the Midianites. The Gideon, then Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize the waters against them, as far as Beth Barat, and also the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they seized the waters as far as Beth Barah and also the Jordan. They captured the two captains of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeb they killed at the wine press of Zeb, and they pursued the Midianites. They brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon beyond the Jordan. Thanks to our bloodthirsty Lord. Yeah. Um, you want me to do the interpretation real quick? I'm going to actually I'm going to take precedence over chat GBT and give my little breakdown here. Um, What I mostly got from it is Gideon. um, It's it's nice that he added himself to the war cry. That's good branding. It's like for the Lord and for Gideon. That was cool. (laughs) Um, It was kind of I mean weird. Do I guess people back then would like lap water up like a dog. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Like that was kind of weird. Um, yeah, just a reminder, these are probably very uncivilized people, um, because once again, they're killing each other over resources. Nothing's changed. Yeah, I'll hand it over to Chet. Yeah, and like heading, um, I don't like the idea of heading, like beheading people and giving them as like tribute. I think that's bad. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not particularly a fan of that either. I think that's kind of unnecessary, um, in most cases. Uh, Um, so anyway. According to chapter GPT, um, the interpretation of this is that the chapter begins with the death of, oh no, I'm sorry, wait, nope, so, sorry, sorry, I was reading the wrong thing. Um, 
Judges 7 tells the story of Gideon and his victory over the Midianites. God tells Gideon to reduce his army to 300 men so that Israel will know that it was God who gave them victory. Gideon then divides his men into three groups and gives each man a trumpet, an empty jar, and a torch. They surround the Midianite camp at night and Gideon's signal. And at Gideon's signal, they blow their trumpets, smash their jars, and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. The Midianites panic, and in the confusion, they turn to each other and flee. Israel pursues them, captures their leaders, and gains a decisive victory. So that's pretty much what I just read, and that's pretty much what I also interpreted. Um, it was pretty cut and dry. It wasn't one of the real, like, you know, like where there was a lot of uh, weird stuff going on. This is pretty cut and dry. Human history, killing each you other. Know, I had a, uh, I felt like I had a conflict of interest earlier, um, or actually over these last few days, because I've been using chat GBT to, you know, just assist me in getting some work done. And, um, you know, I had to read these scripts, um, for one of my jobs and it was quite a bit of them, about 20 or so. And, um, man, you know, uh, black people love writing about God. Um, a lot. Of, there was at least I don't know, maybe three, four scripts that I can think of that were particularly all faith based um, productions. I have an. I have. A, I have a lot of hypotheses. Oh well, no, I'll, I'll pass it over to you in just a second. Um, and <laughs> so I, I turn in my work to my superior, and uh, he asked me. Give me your top five. And so I guess surprisingly, I actually did pick one that was about um, that was faith based um, because the synopsis of it was actually these three men are on a train and they're having a conversation about modern Christianity and, you know, how it is being influenced and or affected in today's time. And I thought, you know, that might actually be a very interesting thing to see. But the other ones were absolutely what you would think. Tyler Perry asks very basic family drama type shit. And I was like, absolutely not. These are not getting selected at all. <laughs> um, I think the reason black people like ride super hard for Christianity is it, it really is. And I've probably said this on the show, but I feel like it can't be said enough because it is a trauma response from slavery. It's finally a white man that's going to love them because whether you admit it or not like I, I remember reading the color purple and her making me realize I always saw God as a white man like kind of a sky daddy in the clouds and it was crazy to think about that because it's like oh my god like I've been worshiping a white man and like the white men like in like that I actually come in contact with in life they obviously don't like me but there's like the ultimate white man in the sky who loves me and has a plan for me and cares about me and only asks that I give him 10% of my income and do everything that his representatives say. And it ends up, no one ever thinks about it that way, but it's like, yeah, like for people who, like I had a good relationship with my father, so I'm not looking for an outside source to complete that relationship. Like I love my dad, I know he loved me, He's gone now, but it was, you know, like that emotional lead need was provided for me in my life. So I don't need a heavenly father because to me that just feels like an imaginary. Was your father friend. a believer? It's funny. Um, he, you know, like most black people, he was raised in the church, my um, like an AME. Mm -hmm. 
church and like those are more what is that they're not like evangelical churches uh african methodist episcopal okay i think that's what um it was actually a branch of methodist that had to split off it was a branch of um of uh the methodists that split off because the original (laughs) methodists were so Mm -hmm. racist so the black methodists had to start their own thing um so um but then when he married my mom my mom got super into evangelicalism and uh so we switched over to that but then when they divorced he just didn't really go back to church sounds like a good man um he was fantastic my father is definitely a church nigga through and through um and you get a lot of support there like there's not a lot of those a lot of churches will have support groups for men like for a lot of men it's the only place they get emotional support and so i know why so many men ride super hard for it and defend it and ignore a lot of the abuse but i just feel like there's a way that we can still have community and support each other emotionally and artistically without using this abuse um that's wishful thinking i think um I also I I believe in that, wishful no, it's thinking. It's perfectly fine. I've just come to recognize that um and I think I mean you said this on episodes before but the belief in Christianity in my interpretation is just people who either a want to be in control or feel some lack of control or they or 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 searching for like you said kind of a trauma response to a lot of the um, negative things that have been happening in life and because they've been so indoctrinated early on it um, it essentially is how they cope with everything we don't we don't we we're all just trying to get by we don't always come up with the healthiest coping skills but we've gotten this far um, and I think it's like I said like nothing is above critique yeah I would agree with that um, do you want to jump into Judges 8? I do want to jump into Judges okay. 8. The floor is yours, Okay. Gideon's, <laughs> Gideon's triumph and vengeance. Then the Ephraimites said to him, What have you done to us, not calling us when you went to fight against the Midianites? And they upbraided him violently. So he said to them, What I done... What have I done now in comparison with you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the village of Abazir? God has given into your hands the captains of Midian, Oreb, and Zeb. What have I been able to do in comparison with you? When he said this, their anger against him subsided. Then Gideon came to the Jordan and crossed over, and he and three the 300 who were with him exhausted and famished. So he said to the people of Sukkoth, Please give us some loaves of bread to my followers, for they are exhausted. I am pursuing Zeba and Zalmuna, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Sukkoth said, Do you already have in your possession the hands of Zeba and Zalmuna, that we should give bread to your army? Gideon replied, Well then, when the Lord has given Zeba and Zalmuna into my hands, I will trample your flesh on the thorns of the wilderness on the briers. From there he went up to Penuel and made the same request of them. And the people of Penuel answered him as the people of Sukkoth answered. So he said to the people of Penuel, when I come back from victorious, I will break down this tower. Now, 
Zeba and Zalmuna were in Karkor with their army, about 15,000 men, all who are left of all the army of the people of the east for 120,000 men bearing arms had fallen so Gideon went up by the caravan route east of Noab and Jagbeha and attacked the army for the army was off its guard Zaba and Zalmunna fled and he pursued them and took the two kings of Midian Zaba and Zalmunna and threw all the army into a panic when Gideon, son of Joash, returned from the battle by the ascent of Harry's, he caught a young man, one of the people of Sukkoth, and questioned him. And he listened, f listed for him the officials and elders of Sukkoth, 77 people. Then he came to the people of Sukkoth and said, Here are Zeba and Zalmunna, about whom you taunted me, saying, Do you already have in your possession the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna, that we should give bread to your troops who are exhausted? He took the elders of the city and took thorns of the wilderness and briars, and with them he trampled the people of Sukkoth. He also broke down the tower of Penuel and killed all the men of the city. Then he said to Zeba and Zalmunna, what about the men whom you killed at Tabar? They answered, As you are, so were they, every one of them. They resembled the sons of a king. And he replied, They were the brothers, the sons of my mother, as the Lord lives. If you have saved them alive, I would not kill you. So he said to Jether, his firstborn, Go kill them! But the boy did not draw his sword, for he was afraid, because he was still a boy. Then Zeba and Zalmunna said, You come and kill us, for as the man is, so is his strength. So Gideon proceeded to kill Zeba and Zalmunna, and he took the crescents that were on the necks of their camels. Then the Israelites said to Gideon, Roll over us, you and your son, and your grandson also, for you have delivered us out of the hand of Midian. Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, and my son will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Then Gideon said to them, Let me make a request of you. Each of you give me an earning he has taken as booty, for the enemy had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. We will willingly give them, he answered. So they spread a garment and threw into it an earring he had taken as booty. The weight of the gold earrings that he had requested was 1,700 shekels of gold, apart from the crescents and pendants and the purple garments worn by the king of Midian and the collars that were on the necks of their camels. Gideon made an ephod of it and put it in his town in Ophrah, and all Israel prostituted themselves to it there and became a snare to Gideon and his family. So Midian was subdued before the Israelites, and they lifted up their heads no more. So the land had rest forty years in the days of Gideon, death of Gideon. Jerubal, Jur son of Joash, went to live in his own house. Now Gideon had seventy sons of his own offspring, for he had many wives. His concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son, and he named him Abimelech. Then Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash at Ophrah of the Abizurites. As soon as Gideon died, the Israelites relapsed and prostituted themselves with the Baals, making Baal Bereth their god. The Israelites did not remember the Lord their God who had rescued them from the hand of all their enemies on every side, and they did not exhibit loyalty to the house of Jer Jeroboam, that is Gideon, in return for all the good he had done to Israel. All right, thanks be to God. Yeah. Yeah, Gideon was getting it in. Yeah, the sword and the penis. He was sticking it everywhere. <laughs> he 
he was a conqueror through and through. 70s, 70, 70 um, did they did they say had he had 70 sons. So that's not even caught, counting those worthless daughters. Damn, man. He just didn't give a fuck. Apparently, um I got to say I I don't remember hearing a lot about Gideon in Sunday school. Spent a lot of time in church in Sunday school. I can kind of see why this is glossed over. This was not a if I mean, even by those standards, he was rough. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have uh, really any redeemable qualities. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, just a lot of killing and fucking. I mean, he's, he does what he said he's going to do. He tried to get his son to kill a guy in front of him. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's honoring somebody who does what they say they're going to do. I can certainly respect yeah. that. Sure, sure. Um, what does what does Chat GPT have to say? Uh, Chat GPT interprets this as uh, Judges eight begins with Gideon facing criticism from the Ephraimites uh, for not calling uh, them to fight the Midianites. Gideon captures the Midianite kings and seeks help from Sakloth and Peniel, Penuel, but they refuse. Gideon punishes the leader of Sakoth and Penuel and then kills the Midianite kings. The Israelites offer to make Gideon their ruler, but he refuses and instead asks for their golden earrings, um, which he uses to make an ephod that becomes an object of idol worship. Gideon dies at a good old age, but the Israelites turn away from God and worship Baal. And don't give tribute to the house of Gideon. Yeah, I mean. So, and I think this is where um, Oprah got her name from. Old time um, for people who don't know, like, um, like old, like old people, black people in the South used to like pick names out of the Bible to name their kids. It kind of just like pick a name, and uh, that's kind of how she got hers. But they misspelled it, so it became Oprah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Um, all right, I'm going to move on to Judges 9. Okie uh, dokie. Let's just go ahead and knock this out. Uh, Abimelech attempts to establish a monarchy. Now, Abimelech's son of uh, Jeroboam went to Shechem to his mother's kinsfolk and said to them and to the whole clan of his mother's family, Say in the hearing of all the lords of Shechem, which is better for you, that all 70 of the sons of Jeroboam rule over you or that you rule or that one rule over you? Remember, also that I am your bone and your flesh. So his mother's kinsfolk spoke all these words on his behalf in the hearing of all the lords of Shechem, and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He is our brother. They gave him 70 pieces of silver out of the temple of Baal Berith, with uh, with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless fellows who followed him. He went to his father's house at Oprah and killed his brothers, the sons of Jeroboam, 70 men uh, on one stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, survived for he hid himself. Then all the lords of Shechem and all Beth Milo came together and they went and made Abimelech king by by the oak of the pillar at Shechem. The parable of the trees. When it was told to Jotham, he went and stood on the top of Mount um, Gerizim and cried aloud and said to them, Listen to me, you lords of Shechem, so that God may listen to you. 
The trees once went out to anoint a king over themselves, so they said to the olive tree, Reign over us. The olive tree answered them, Shall I stop producing my rich oil by which gods and mortals are honored and go to sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the fig tree, you come and reign over us. But the fig tree answered them, Shall I stop producing my sweetness and my delicious fruit and go to sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Shall I stop producing my wine that cheers gods and mortals and go to sway over the trees? So all the trees said to the bramble, you come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If in good faith you are anointing me king over you, then come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Now therefore, if you acted in good faith and honor when you made Abimelech king, and if you had dealt with and if you have dealt well with Jeroboam in his house and have done to him as his actions deserve for my father fought for you and risked his life and rescued you from the hand of Midian but you have risen up against my father's house this day and have killed his son's 70 men on one stone and have made Abimelech the son of his slave woman king over the lords of Shechem because he is your kinsman if I say you have acted in good faith and honor with Jeroboam and with his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come out from Abimelech and devour the lords of Shechem and Beth Milo. And let fire come out from the lords of Shechem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. Then Jotham ran away and fled, going to Beer, where he remained for fear of his brother Abimelech. The downfall of Abimelech. Abimelech ruled over Israel three years, but God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the lords of Shechem, and the lords of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. This happened so that the violence done to the 70 sons of Jeroboam might be avenged, and their blood be laid on their brother Abimelech, who killed them, and on the lords of Shechem, who strengthened his hands to kill his brothers. So out of hostility to him, the lords of Shechem set ambushes on the mountaintops. They robbed all who passed by them along that way. And it was reported to Abimelech when Gaul, son of Ebed, moved into Shechem with his kinsfolk, the lords of Shechem put confidence in him. They went out into the field and gathered their grapes from their vineyards, tried them and celebrated. Then they went into the temple of their god, ate and drank and ridiculed Abimelech. Gaul, son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech? And who are we of Shechem that we should serve him? Did not the son of Jeroboam and Zebul? Uh, his officer served the men of Hamor, father of Shechem. Why then sh should we serve him? If only this people were under, if only this people were under my command, then I would remove Abimelech. I would say to him, increase your army and come out. When Zebul, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gaul, son of Ebed, his anger was kindled. He sent messengers to Abimelech at Aramah. Uh, saying, Look, Gaul, son of Ebed, and his kinsfolk have come to Shechem, and they are stirring up the city against you. Now, therefore, go by night, you and the troops that are with you, and lie in the wait, lie and wait in the fields. Then, early in the morning, as soon as the sun rises, get up and rush on the city. And when he and the troops that are with him come out against you, you may deal with them as best you can. So, Abimelech and all the troops with him got up by night and lay in wait against Shechem. And Four, in four companies. When Gaul, son of Ebed, went out and stood in the entrance of the gate of the city, and Bimelech and the troops with him rose from the ambush. When Gaul saw them, he said to Zebul, Look, people are coming down from the mountaintops. And Zebul said to him, The shadows of the mountains look 
like people to you? The shadows of the mountains look like people to you. Gaul spoke again and again. Look, people are coming from the Tabor Erez, and one company is coming from the direction of Elon Meonium. Meonium. Then Zabul said to them, Where is the bo- where's your boast? Now you who said, Who is Abimelech that we should serve him? Are not these the troops you made light of? Go out now and fight with them. So Gaul went out at the head of the lords of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him and he fled before him. Many fell wounded up to the entrance of the gate. So Abimelech resided at Aramah and Zabul drove out Gaul and his kinsfolk so that they could not live on at Shechem. On the following day, the people went out into the fields when Abimelech was told he took his troops and divided them into three companies and lay in wait in the fields. When he looked and said that people coming out of the city and saw people coming out of the city, he rose against them and killed them. And Bimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward and stood at the entrance of the gate of the city while the two companies rushed on who were in the fields and killed them. And Bimelech fought against the city all the day. All that day, he took that city, killed the people that were in it, and he raised the city and sold it with salt. When all the lords of the tower of Shechem heard of it, they entered the stronghold of the temple of El Berith. Abimelech was told that all the lords of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. So Abimelech went up to the Mount Zalman. He and all the troops that were with him, Abimelech took an axe to his hand, cut down a bundle of brushwood, and took it up and laid it on his shoulder. Then he said to the troops with him, What have you seen me do? Do quickly as I have done. So every one of the troops cut down a bundle and fallen and Bimelech put it against the stronghold and they set the stronghold on fire over them so that all the people of the tower of Shechem also died, about a thousand men and women. Then Abimelech went to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and took it. But here, but there was a strong tower within the city, and all the men and women and all the lords of the city fled to it and shut themselves in, and they went to the roof of the tower. And Bimelech came to the tower and fought against it and came near to the entrance in the tower to burn it with fire. But a certain woman threw an upper millstone at Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Immediately he called to the young woman who carried his armor and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me. So people will uh, not say about me a woman killed him so the young man thrust his <laughs> him through and he died when the israelites saw Abimelech was dead they all went home thus god repaid Abimelech for the crime he committed against his father and killing his 70 brothers and god also made all the wickedness of the people of shechem fall back on their heads and on them came the curse of jotham son of jeroboam Ooh. It was giving heavy Game of Thrones vibes. Yeah, it was some Game of Thrones gladiator type shit for sure. That was probably one of the most action-packed things we got in a while, though. That was a lot of shit. And Bimelech was was. going hard. He was, and they had that whole thing. It's like, well, what? And they said, make the olive tree, the king over all the trees. And it's like, what, am I supposed to stop doing my job making olive oil? I was like, well, I don't even know what the what the lesson of the parable of the tree was supposed to be. Um, I I just took it like they were all just like kind of passing the ownership. Like if I stop doing this, then like you know, I'm supposed to stop doing this because if I stop doing this, then this happens. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, but yeah, I think it's wild that um, 
and Bimelik was like, hey, my dad's dead. I think I'm going to kill all my brothers and just make myself king. Um, my dad seemed to have a lot of success just killing people until he got what he wanted. Um, I'm going to try that same tact. But he uh, he even did the thing where you killed everybody and then like salted the earth so nothing would ever grow there again. Like that's some cult. That's some Genghis Khan shit. Yeah, it's pretty hard, man. I'm not, I will say, like, if this movie was made, I'd probably watch it. He's definitely only a supervillain. Maybe only, Jonathan Majors can play him. Only to get killed off by a woman. Oh, my God. Because at first I was going to be like, yes, a woman killed him. And then he was like, hey, you, kid, kill me so no one can say a chick did it. I'm like, mm. fuck you. Like, a woman <laughs> totally killed you. and She was the proximal cause of your death. So I'm, I'm going to say it because he would hate it. Uh, a girl killed him, Bimelech. A girl killed him, Bimelech. You- Interpretation, just for those who might have tuned out on that. And where was phone. God this whole time? Couldn't have God have stopped him at some point? No, God was chilling. He already knew. He God, you know they say God operates on his time. He, the Lord, you really let a lot of people die and a lot of carnage where you could have just been like, you know what? If I just take out Mbimlik, everybody could just go back to the way the things were. Or I could have actually, because he says he knows you in the womb, he could have just been like, actually, you're going to be a miscarriage this month. I mean, according to Jat GBT, Mbimlik's son of Jeroboam convinced the people of Shechem to make him king by promising to be a better ruler than Jeroboam's 70 sons. He then killed all his brothers except for Jotham, who escaped. Also, Jotham was kind of a bitch-ass nigga. Jotham told a parable about trees to warn the people of Shechem and that they had made a bad choice in making Abimelech king. Abimelech ruled for three years before the lords of Shechem turned against him, and he was eventually killed by a woman, oh, see, who threw a millstone at him. I don't even know what that is. God repaid Abimelech for his crimes, and the people of Shechem suffered the curse of Jotham. Jotham kind of was a uh, throw. A millstone's just like a giant, like, carved rock you wear around your neck oh okay well it's like an old-timey saying where it's like oh you're a millstone around my neck I just mean you're weighing me down but i mean how did he get killed by that though she just threw it at his she head threw it at him yeah like if you throw up oh well i guess I no it just it says it literally right here but a certain woman sorry i was just kind of reading but a certain woman threw an upper millstone at mbimelech's head and crushed his skull that'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Gosh. Oh man. Um yeah, he needed to be stopped for real. Uh oh, okay, God did do something in uh in verse 23, but God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the lords of Shechem, and the lords of Shechem dealt treacherous. I mean, so it was he you know, he phoned in some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he calls shots. Which from... wasn't very reassuring. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't like this. Okay. And once again. I was thoroughly was like entertained prime, with this with this particular. But I mean, uh, yes, trip. it was entertaining. It was just prime abuse cycle stuff. Nothing about this would help anyone excuse, escape an abuse cycle. This was on some Shakespearean type shit. I could, I could, it yeah. was. I mean, this is a classic story of pretty much everywhere in the world. Let's go to war over resources. Yes. Um, so um, it looks like next time hmm. um, there's just some oppression by the Ammonites. That'll be fun. 
Uh, we get to learn about Jephthah um, and intertribal dissension, which is oh, you know, to be expected. Amazing. <laughs> but I will say, um, wait, you said Jotham sounded like a bitch to you. Why do you? Why do you say? Because he just kind of threw. He just kind of like you know went and gave his speech and then went back into hiding. He didn't even help the people fight. Like he got them riled up just for them to do the fighting. He didn't do shit. That's important. Like you, that you could say the same thing about Martin Luther King. Mm, no, Martin Luther King got his ass whooped several times. He was in the <laughs> shit. Well, and also we don't know how old Jotham is because they said it was the youngest son out of the seventy. Like, what if he was nine years old? I mean, okay, well. He sounded very articulate with a fucking story for nine, but whatever. He's probably was a bookish nerd. Like you, you find your lane. Like he obviously, you know, in the art of war, you fight, you fight the battles you can win. He probably because it sounds like nobody was more violent and than him. And don't say like, what if he was nine. There's some bitch ass nine year olds. Like I don't. I don't think you're being a bitch ass. Say you know just because he hid, saved his life, and got the people rallied up to fight his enemy. I don't think that makes him a bitch. I think if anything, he is more of the hero of the story. Sure. If I had anyone to cheer for, it'd be the guy who got like you know seventy of his brothers murdered, survived, and was able to. I'm cheering exact. for the woman that stopped all this. You know what? She actually is my favorite. The unnamed woman, a certain woman. <laughs> just some random woman. A certain um, woman. Let's give her a name. Let's call her uh, Tamora. Okay. Well, Tamora, she saved. Shout out to you, Tamora. Countless others. Because you know? she's like, you know what? These men are just fucking up. Like, I don't have any voice or right in society, but I know this dude is killing way too many people. He needs to be stopped. And, you know, the Lord is taking his 15 right now. So I guess it's up to me. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Bimelech wasn't stopping, so. He really wasn't. But there's an argument to be made that God made her, too, so technically he already had it covered. I mean, these are just, you know, that's the Lord. The Lord moves in mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. What a helpful apologetic for brushing away abuse. Yeah. You know, I do have a hypothesis that even by us dissecting this book, we are still contributing to uh, Christianity as a whole. There there could be an argument there. That we're propagating Christianity? We are, in a way. By openly criticizing it and saying it's bad? I mean, we're still giving it attention. Mm, You could... So you, you can make the same argument for Martin Luther King that he was actually propping up racism by talking about it and fighting it. I mean, he didn't solve that shit. Eh, you still have a bank account, though. I mean, and there are still racist people. Like, there are still racist people, but it's like the it. we don't stop fighting because everything's perfect. You know, like there's no perfect. Like you just have to keep fighting for it. To me, it's worth the progression is worth the struggle, in my opinion. So I don't think we're contributing to Christianity. I think people who are open and like, you know, who are saying like, hey, come get the word and this is going to solve your problems. I think they are. I think we're pointing out the fact that this causes more problems it solves. Right. Right. Yeah. Well. um, And not talking about it propagates abuse. 
like silence is a partner to abuse. So I think speaking out of and that is something that is brought up a lot because on my other show, like we we can't really say uh, rape because a lot of times that'll get you deplatformed. But it's a concern. So we have to use the word crepe. And so a lot of times just silencing. Well, you get deplatformed on where? On like inst- a lot on a lot of different like YouTube, oh, yeah, a lot of y'all stuff. Y'all do a lot of Instagram stuff. Um, YouTube yeah. is actually cutting back on their language uh, policies. Good because that's the thing. Like you don't want to be able to not talk about things that are problems because it's like, oh, if you say it, it's like no. Like we have to we have to name it to be able to fight it. So like yeah, yeah. pointing out things are racist isn't contributing to racism, and pointing out the Bible is wildly abusive isn't contributing to the abuse. Shout out YouTube, by the way, because I was literally like thinking YouTube. like YouTube basically cut out the middleman and allowed a lot of creators to essentially have their own channel. Like it's called a YouTube channel. Like, and if you think about back in the day, where like you know you had to get on network television, you had to work your way up to getting your own slot, and now you can just you know you can produce whatever kind of content you want, um, good, bad, or you know in between. And, it's uh, a true democratization of like that shit is YouTube is probably my favorite app. I probably use that shit every day, if not every like it, it definitely multiple times a week. And it just it's so much entertainment to education to ooh, it's a lot, man. Um, it's, it is a lot. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Shout out them. Like the, Google had the vision because there was a time where YouTube was not under Google. And they were like, oh, this shit is going to, this is going to be something. Look what it is now. Um, but it's yeah. a great time to be alive. It and, is. Uh, and, for, and quite honestly, when I was kind of like getting out of like religion, YouTube was incredibly helpful to hear like a lot of different diverse voices about it because it, it does, you do feel isolated. And that is sort of one of the underlying threats too of religion that if you leave it, you'll be isolated because a lot of times people do cut you off so it's yeah thank you for creating that community youtube yeah they do cut you off i've again been lucky enough to be around people who in my immediate family don't feel that way per se but uh also don't you know press the buttons a lot of like i'm just i'm accepting of it like eastern shit happened and I didn't. I wasn't around my family, but I had brought the notion up too because I did talk to my sister over the weekend, and I was just like, you know, when I'm around y'all, like I know y'all are religious, so like I just accept it. I don't try to fight it. It doesn't really bother me. It's when I go out into the world and it's people I don't really know like that, you know, try to virtue signal me and ask him I believe. Like that's where I feel like it's rude because you don't even fucking know me. Nope. Yeah, but. Anyway, um, yeah, I think this was a pretty solid episode. Um, I like that. Do you have anything else? Your body belongs to you. Um, shake it. All right, and continue to get therapy, people. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's fabulous. It's great. All right, until next time. <laughs> <laughs>